Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of When I'm High. This is the podcast that's all about, uh, you know, what it's like to be high. And, you know, we get into some other topics as well sometimes. So if you listened to the last couple episodes, you heard Becca Dysack. She is the nymph of Nymph and Woodsman, a uh, CBD company out in Oregon. And we are uh, very happy to have the Woodsman part of that. This is We've got Seth Moody here. Uh, Seth, say hello. Tell us um, a little bit more about you and um, you know any, anything else that the people need to know. Uh, thanks for inviting me to your podcast, Spencer. Yeah, I'm the woodsman of Nymph and Woodsman, and Becca and I live on a beautiful farm in southern Oregon in the middle of the Siskiyou Mountains, and it's fall, and it's beautiful, and it just snowed, and we finally got some rain, and it feels really good right now. That's awesome. I'm very jealous about the area that you live in. That sounds absolutely gorgeous. I hope to possibly even live out in an area like that someday. My wife and I both uh, would love to do that as our... um, you know, like a, a, a retire, re- retiring area. I don't know what I'm trying to say, um, but you get the picture. Uh, so, so you're here to talk about cannabis, what it feels like to to be high, and obviously you have a very special relationship with um, cannabis, specifically the CBD side of things. Um, can you, you know, give us give us some history? Um, you know, when was the first time you tried cannabis? Um, you know, w- what's your what's your history like there? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my history is pretty extensive. I started smoking cannabis when I was 16 and off and on probably, well, until now, and I smoke pretty consistently now. Um, but through my 20s, it was off. My late teens, it was off. I was in the Army, so I didn't, I didn't smoke at all then, actually. And when I got out, I didn't smoke for a while. But then I moved to Alaska and I got in with, you know, bluegrass crowd and, and started to enjoy relaxing and music and art and creativity. And so I really started to smoke a little bit more then. But it was mixed with alcohol. And so it was always strange. Um, a lot of times it was strange for me then. And so I quit then after moving to Hawaii. Uh, oddly enough, living in Hawaii, I didn't smoke uh, at all was too expensive it was too difficult to get and it just actually wasn't conducive to the to the work i was doing i was i was diving i was underwater a lot and i honestly didn't feel like i needed to be high there was so much going on in my environment um so it was really nice but then you know fast forward to now and i'm 51 i've had medical conditions now chronic medical conditions that only cannabis actually works for me and allows me to function the pharmaceutical solutions or pharmaceutical treatments they create actually more confusion and issues than thc cannabis does and i also use cbd quite heavily i use around 300 milligrams a day of cbd right around there i use a lot of cbd and it feels good and it works good for me that's my history in a nutshell Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like I have so many things to respond to. And of course, you know, the as I described to you at the beginning of this, um, and then, you know, the listeners may not fully understand, the logistics of doing these remote interviews are, are difficult. Um, and so I, I try to not interrupt my guests because... Um, it just makes the communication really difficult when we have like a, a one to two second delay. Um, 
so I, I you know, th- you, you've, you, you're living in Oregon, you lived in Alaska, you lived in Hawaii. The, these are these amazing places. And I love that you said that in, in Hawaii, you didn't even really feel like you needed it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be in Hawaii for a short amount of time. It was like two weeks um, back in uh, the early 2000s. But I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it's this absolutely gorgeous place. And um, I mean, I can't even imagine what it, what it, what it was like to be diving there and, and doing all that st- fun stuff. Um, and, and I think Hawaii is pretty known for cannabis, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I was on Kauai and Kauai is a notorious family island. <laughs> it's, it's oriented for families. And as far as tourism goes, uh, Maui is more famous for cannabis and the big island is more famous for cannabis and even Oahu. Um, Kauai has some, but it's so small. Um, that it's really uh, more treats for locals that are shared. And I did smoke when I first got there, but after the first six months, and I was there for five years, I didn't really smoke anymore at all. I didn't actually, yeah. Um, It was just so beautiful and relaxing. Wow, five years in Hawaii is amazing. Um, And so going back to when you first started, when you were 16, uh, what was that first situation like? What was, how did it happen? And then uh, I guess the big question is, did it get you high? And then if it didn't get you high, when was the first time that it actually did get you high? Yeah, good question. So the first time I smoked was after work, I remember. And I used to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And my friends and I from high school, would go, they would go out in the back and smoke. And I started working there. And I was like, okay, I'll try this. And it was after work and hanging out. And the first time it didn't really get me high, but then like an hour later, we smoked again and it did then. But then I mixed it with alcohol and I was violently ill the next morning, which was weird. So there was these these causal in effect things that were going on. And it's shocking actually that I kept trying it, but I guess I'm kind of stubborn that way. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I've heard some uh, some first time horror stories, or you know, early on horror stories, and then I, I similar responses. People have said it's kind of surprising that I kept on doing this, or based on what they said, it was surprising that they kept on doing it. But uh, you know, it, it got to a point where it's like, oh wait, I I actually like this. Um, and so mixing alcohol and cannabis, I think, is a pretty common thing for most people. Uh, you know, they they get you to feel good in in different ways. Um, but it it made you violently ill. Uh, do you feel like you just overdid it a little bit, or was it just the combination of the two in your system that that was the problem? It was definitely overdoing it with alcohol. Yeah, that was definitely the issue then. And because I I drank and smoked after that, and I was fine, and it never bothered me like that again. It just was a matter of drinking too much, and also being high that night. And actually, I think I probably would have felt worse the next morning if it, it sounds weird to say this too, but I, in retrospect, it's probably, I would have felt worse if I hadn't smoked the cannabis um, because of how much we'd been drinking. It was silly. Yeah, that makes sense a lot. Um, obviously, alcohol will really do a number on your body. Um, but then, uh, yeah, that especially when you're that age. 
So yeah. that first time, um, what what do you remember about being high? What was what was it like? How, how did you how did you view the situation differently than than before that? Yeah, it was really fun and um, a lot of laughing and jokes and my friends and I would either be down at the beach somewhere hanging out. Uh, it was cold though, it was Oregon, so it wasn't like a really nice beach but hanging out on the beach in the evening or after dark um, and just enjoying a fire or something like that on the beach. That's what we would do. And, or listening to music. Yeah. Those are the main things I remember or on the river, hanging out on the river. Yeah. Those sound like pretty perfect things to do in that situation. Um, And then you said that you were working at KFC. Uh, would you, would you grab some food from there and, and get high and, you know, what, what was, did the food change at all? Or that seems like a pretty good, uh, meal to eat when you get high. Yeah. It was like the best combination of work environment and recreational activity. Um, <laughs> it was crazy because we could take home extra food that was left over from the night. So there was often chicken and coleslaw and biscuits and yeah we would make all sorts of crazy sandwiches and stuff like that um, with it afterwards <laughs> but yeah i think it did for me munchies did kick in at an early age then yeah well you know that was going to be one of my questions later on but uh let, let's jump into that um so what were some of the do you remember any of the combinations of weird foods that you made at the time oh uh, yeah we would do like the parfaits and a biscuit so you'd take a biscuit dough and deep fry it and make it into like a, a cream puff shell. And then you'd split it apart and load it and pull out some of the inside and then load it with the ice cream parfaits. Those are really good. Those are really good. And then also just like coleslaw, mashed potatoes and chicken all like chopped together. <laughs> it's like a chicken salad. That's hilarious. Um, and let, so, I mean, I guess let's jump into just food in general. Um, these days, when you get high, oh, I guess the first question is, do you get the munchies these days? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it depends on the type of uh, cannabis or weed that I'm smoking, but for sure I do at times. Yeah. And then what is your experience of the food like in general? Uh, does it feel different? Does it taste different? What's that like? I would say that things that are brightly flavored are even brighter. That's kind of the way I would describe it. So if I was eating like a piece of cherry pie or something like that, it would be even more like bright and cherry pie. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's sort of um, whatever is there is kind of exaggerated. Yeah. And it feels like that's kind of the way cannabis for me, it works uh, in a sense that it exaggerates the sensory perceptions that I'm experiencing. Um, And so it works that way, not necessarily with vision, but it definitely works with smell, taste, and in sex, that's for sure. It changes sex big time for me. So that's really cool. Yeah, let's actually expand on that as well, because that's one of my other questions. Um, I I, I often have to say, you know, feel free to pass on this question. Nobody's ever passed, Um, but you you brought it up. So um, how, and obviously you don't have to get into details because this is a very personal subject, but um, in general, how how is it different? How does it uh, change things? 
it's I think a lot of other guests I've heard on your podcast speak of the time delay. And for me, that's applied to sex. It's like this plateau. You reach a height of pleasure and it just keeps going and going. And sometimes it numbs out if I'm over the edge and I've had too much CBD usually is what it is. But at times it will numb out. But usually it just keeps going. It feels like it just keeps rolling for a while. And that's what's really, really nice about it. And generally, my partner feels the same way uh, with it. So I feel like it's a shared perception. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely good. And so you actually bring up a good point, which is not something that I had thought about before, which is specifically with sex, the difference between CBD and THC. So, you know, you you probably know a bit more about the science than I do, maybe a lot more about the science than I do. It, do you feel, because I, I do know that CBD affects the physical body more than the THC. Obviously, the THC is the thing that gives you that head high. So when it comes to sex, do you think that it's more of the CBD that is having an effect on that? Or do you think it's the THC or a combination of both? I would say it's a combination of both. Um, and the best effect is when it's a good balanced combination. Too much CBD, in my experience, causes too much relaxation. And then there's just, I'm not interested. I'm rather, I'd rather go to sleep. My body's just totally relaxed. And it's just like, okay, or somebody can play with me for a while. And that's great. Um, I'll just lay there for a while. But too much CBD will do that. And But it's also the same with THC, if not, or similar with THC. If it's too much THC, then that's like numbing, in my judgment, and numbs out. So it's more of a, it's a slightly different feeling in that sense. And I'm speaking internal consumption too. So CBD, I usually use as a tincture, whereas THC, I generally smoke. Um, sometimes I will mix and smoke them together, but that's pretty rare lately um, because I like to be able to measure the amount of CBD I'm using. Mm -hmm. So I use a tincture. And so th this is a, uh, a sort of an additional question that I ask with some of these topics that are also physical, like food and sex, um, there, we've obviously talked about the physical side of things because that's, that's a very physical thing. But regarding the THC, uh, um, what, is, what is the mental perspective like uh, during, uh, during sex? And, you know, I sort of asked this about food as well. Um, does it change your experience of the situation mentally? I, yeah, that's... Uh, it does, and it's similar to the way it changes a lot of other experiences mentally in that it creates a sharpened focus, but in a different way. It's an expansive, sharpened focus of the environment I'm in at the moment. It's weird to say it that way, but it's like I have blinders on, but I have a really awesome, expansive view of whatever those blinders are allowing me to see. That sounds weird. I'm not being distracted by other stuff generally with sex when I'm on THC or cannabis. That's not true in other situations. I will often get distracted and be a little bit scattered at times if I'm really high. But in sex, it seems like that doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's any distraction. So it's a very focused, uh, relaxed, enjoyable melding it feels like i'm a lot closer to my partner too 
or especially Becca. So that, that feels really good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, so obviously, you know, focus is is one of those big topics that comes up with uh, with cannabis. And obviously, since you've you've uh, heard a few episodes, you've probably heard us talk about that. So it is this fascinating thing where, you know, you're obviously not the first one to say it. Where you can get so focused on one thing, but it's this also this weird expansive focus at the same time. And I still don't fully understand it. You know, it's 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 this paradox that doesn't seem like it should happen but it it does um so just in you know in in general life when you get high um are you able to expand a little bit more on what this focus change is like yeah it really depends on either the task that i'm doing or the thinking process that i'm involved with but like if something requires a lot of detailed steps, that sort of focus is really kind of challenging at times. But if it's something that's more like along the lines of repetitive yet creative, then that's more expansive and it feels like my mind is open to other things coming in while it's the same time I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. It's, prob- it's very synonymous with the activity because it's like it's a repetitive thing. And it feels good and it's meditative and the cannabis is like re is heightening that sense and feeling. But at times if it's a, a process or task that is lots of step oriented or detail oriented, then I can get off on a sidetrack. Usually it's associated with the same task, but I'll follow some other sidetrack, finish that little part, then come back to what I was doing and continue on. Um, so for example, I'm a farmer and you know, I end up chasing leaks of water leaks all over the place and tracking those down and being high generally and doing plumbing is great for me. I love it. <laughs> so that's one like weird little thing. So it's, um, it's tasks that where you sort of have to follow a structure, things that are, you know, more structured, those tend to be a yeah. little bit harder for focus, but it's things, it's other ones where you, like you said, you can be a little bit more open in the process uh is when it works well when you said water leaks i first thought you meant like the i I was thinking the vegetable the leak but then you said you're chasing them around and i was like well wait is this some sort of animal that i've never heard of called a water leak but then you said plumbing i was like oh water leaks it actually makes so much more sense than what my brain was going for so so plumbing that that feels like a good task for you when you're high yeah because it's one of those, it's a different task. It's a problem solving task. For me, plumbing is usually always problem solving. You never, I'm not really ever doing new plumbing installations. Sometimes I do. Most of the time it's fixing old things that are broken and, or modifying them. Yeah, it's fixing problems. Responding to the environment, I guess, is more along the lines of what it is doing. I was going to also say, though, you know, another thing that I do or that Becca and I do is we do a lot of wild crafting of herbs. And so going out in the woods and treasure hunting is basically what I call it and looking for the things that we're looking for in whatever season it happens to be their season, mushrooms or herbs or roots or what have you. And that is awesome being high, uh, doing that and being out in the woods. I love it. That's like one of my favorite things to do. So yeah, it's a different focus. What what is it about that that is 
makes it so enjoyable when you're high it's the time delay the the sensory heightened awareness things do seem to be brighter though i couldn't say my eyesight is better i would say that i'm just more aware i'm like relaxed slowed down i'm not just marching around i'm actually in tune a little bit more and relaxed and that's what i enjoy about it and do you feel that you, while you are doing this treasure hunting, do you feel that you actually do a better job while searching for things like mushrooms, or is it just does it just make the 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 whole experience more enjoyable? I couldn't say if I do a better job or or worse job. I think it, it because it's more enjoyable. I do it, um, and I get it done, and so that's I think the main difference. Whether it's I guess more efficient or less efficient. It's a process that I enjoy and I want to do, and I I live my life outside, and so I'm going to want to experience it longer anyway. So efficiency to me in that sense is is different, uh, especially when I'm outside. Now, if I'm processing that stuff, like that material, if I've dried a bunch of roots and stuff, and I'm processing them down to for sale or or to make into uh, tinctures or to have Becca make into something, then I might get high just to listen to a podcast while I'm doing that work. And then that helps me just relax and do that repetitive work and, and enjoy that process as well a little bit more. Yeah. And, and whether or not, like you said, it becomes more efficient or not doesn't really matter. Um, it, the fact that it's more enjoyable is really kind of the most important thing. If it can make a task that you probably already enjoy anyway, even more enjoyable. I mean, that's that like that's what it's all about. Um, so you you had mentioned creativity, um, you know, when dealing with like problem solving and things like that. Can you talk a bit more about how your creativity has changed when you're high, more or less creative? Um, do you do other creative things other than problem solving? Um, lately trying to think if I've done other things than just problem solving creativity. That's mainly been my, that's mainly been my focus for a while now is problem solving really on the farm. I have in the past um, done watercolor writing, not so much. Um, I don't find I'm able to write really well when I'm high. That's just not how my psyche functions. I need to be more, I, it does work. But I, I have to actually just let go of it. That's the thing with writing. And so a lot of the writing I end up doing um, or I've done is really focused and it needs to solve a specific problem. It's not like creative writing. You know what I'm saying? So in that sense, the creative part within writing for me doesn't work because I'm not actually doing creative writing. I'm doing problem solving writing. But in problem solving in the real world, like with I'm hands on, it actually helps me like see outside the box and like the way that I'm putting this system of valving or irrigation together might work a little bit better if it's done this way rather than that way. And so it allows me to be a little bit more open to, to other options, I guess, is what I feel like it does. Do you ever come across a problem that you have, that you're having a hard time solving and then you decide to get high specifically to solve that problem? I actually, in this time of my life, I'm high probably like six hours a day out of my waking 
or eight hours a day out of my waking life. So it's like, it doesn't differentiate really. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually, I was going to ask, you know, how, how often um, do do you partake in this? Is it a, a day-to-day thing, but you've already answered. So um, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good part of the day. Um, and so, yeah, it like you said, it, it you can't really distinguish whether or not it's like because of that or you know you're you're kind of always high you know for the a good chunk of the day um i have i've had so many thoughts i'm jumping around my questions because you keep on bringing up things that i was going to ask anyway um so it's it's very a good uh good practice for my brain to uh, jump around (laughs) like this so you had mentioned sight before and uh, in relation to other senses, how, you know, taste can be heightened and, and smell and, and touch and things like that can be heightened. Um, but I feel like sight, you know, we might look at the world in a different way, but I feel like other than hallucinations, which are not really a, a thing that happens with, with cannabis, um, I don't know if I have a specific question about this, but you you specifically said it. You know, sight hasn't really changed for me. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything to add about why maybe that's different than something like taste? I imagine it's the neurologic. It's I'm sure it's somehow related to our neurologic makeup. It affects certain people in different ways too. Um, and, but again, I haven't heard many people talk about sight or visual alteration. I can say that it does make things brighter. And it's like, I I think I said that earlier, especially when I'm outside, it just feels like things are brighter, but I think I attribute that to all my senses just being heightened much more. And the whole Mm -hmm. experience is then brighter. So we are going to end part one of Seth's interview there. Um, And definitely stay tuned for part two, because in it, he is going to start talking a lot more about his specific medical condition and how cannabis has helped him with that. So thank you for listening. Please rate and review and subscribe and tell everybody you know about this podcast. If you want to contact me, you can email me at whenimhighdoc, that's D-O-C, at gmail.com. On Facebook, you can find uh, find it with at Canna Doc C A N N A D O C. Twitter is at When I'm High Doc. Instagram is also at When I'm High Doc. Uh, you know, just go check the uh, check the episode description. Thank you very much for listening. And in the next episode, you will hear part two of Seth's interview. Mm-hmm.